Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nine Bob Note. Uh, my name is Paul Isles Rush, and I'm Ken Moss. Hello, hello there. Well, Paul, uh, it is your turn this week. What delightfully delectable topic are we looking at in the rainbow world? Strictly come dancing. I've never seen a one. <laughs> I knew this would go well. <laughs> this is a good start. Before you even open your mouth about Strictly Come Dancing, um, it's just not my sort of... I don't really do... I say reality TV, it's, it's more sort of talent shows, but the title annoys me. <laughs> it's not grammatically correct. No. How have they got away with this for 17 years or whatever it is? Yes, I completely understand. Uh, obviously, there was, there was Come Dancing with... Angela Rippon back in the back in the day, which was an actual ballroom dancing with real ballroom dancers, and it was a competition. Mm. Uh, and then there was the film Strictly Ballroom, which was about Australian ballroom dancers. And then Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never really understood what the leap was. In other countries, it's called Dancing with the Stars. Because are they all famous people that take involved? There's no members of the public that do this. So they're all they they all tend to be celebrity couples that they've paired up, aren't they? Is that, that's right. Isn't they're it? Ce- uh, celebrities who are paired with a professional ballroom dancer. Ah, right, right. Uh, so yes, but yeah, it's obviously hugely camp. Mm. The trophy that you win at the end is a glitter ball, and obviously it's you know, there's all the dresses and the costumes mm. and. All, all that kind of stuff. The reason why I wanted to bring it up is because it's around about this time of year when they start announcing who the contestants for this year mm-hmm. are going to be. And so it's always around about this time of year that the, the rumours start about whether there is going to be a same-sex couple. Okay. So last year, obviously, because you've never watched it, uh, you, you probably don't know. But. It might because every now and again, stuff like this, it, it drives the internet wild. Mm. So it tends to stuff does filter through to me, even though I might not necessarily watch it. Last year, it was it was Nicola Adams, the uh, girls allowed. N- no, although she is is she called Nicola Adams? She's she, the hot ginger one at the back. Yeah, she she won the masked singer last year. Which, uh, that's where they all dress up as rabbits and frogs and things yeah. and you don't find out until the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Also a great shot. <laughs> but, um, Count bin face. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be ace? <laughs> there's, a, there's a spin-off. You know, Nicola Adams is a, an Olympic gold medal winning boxer. Ms. Adams, my apologies yeah. for not knowing who you are. I think, although I can't remember what Nicola from Girls Allowed surname is, we're possibly amalgamating her with Victoria Adams from the Spice Girls and making like a super girl group icon. Um, <laughs> Some sort of mutant figure. Where yeah. she... who turns into a boxer. Wow. <laughs> Marvel. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that DC Comics on the phone? Uh, but yes, so they did. Last year was the first time. Obviously, they've had gay and lesbian dancers on the show before. A lot of the professionals are of that persuasion. Mm. Although, uh, although quite a lot of them aren't. And But, they, you know, there's obviously been gay and lesbian contestants on the show before, but they've always been paired up with a professional of the opposite mm. sex. And so last year, Nicola Adams, who is a out and proud lesbian, said, I would like to dance with a woman. And so they paired her up with a, with a female dancer. 
And unfortunately, one of them got COVID about two weeks into it, so they had to leave. So it was a great idea that I think one of the things that, and obviously this is going to come across very offensive, but, you know, she's a boxer. So they're not naturally the most graceful, although it is kind of dancing, isn't it? But, you mean she's not the most feminine looking? Yes, yes. yes. And so when she was performing, she was always the one who was wearing trousers mm. and a suit. And she said right from the start, I'm not going to wear a dress, which is absolutely fine. That's what you want. And then, so, but then it kind of looked like a man and a woman dancing. So what's the point? Yeah. But although there was at one point where the professional dancer also wore a suit, so then it looked like two men dancing. But it kind of, I understood it because, you know, it was saying, look, this is the first same sex couple that mm. we've had. So there's a certain inevitability that this year there's going to be a male yeah, same yeah. sex couple, which is obviously what everybody wants. Tick, yeah. tick, tick. <laughs> Nobody wants to see women dancing together. That's just ridiculous. it's been done. Yeah, uh, we're over that from last year. That's where the rumors are. There are also rumors. Uh, you'll be you'll be pleased to hear that uh, bag of chips. Everyone, oh for God's sake, <laughs> drag queen. I'm being sucked <laughs> into this bloody RuPaul vortex inexorably, like you you, you managed to with bloody Eurovision. Um, <laughs> We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. But I take it then that there are corners of the internet that are outraged yes. by this. Right, okay. Well, looking at it from the outside in, uh, couldn't give a shit. But <laughs> but it's like we've discussed in, in previous episodes. I do think it's it's just another... It doesn't have that it's the BBC tick, tick, tick on all the boxes. But it's something for uh, the gays and lesbians to identify with on screen. I don't think... Oh, I don't know... If you're going to have two women, you know, dancing together or two men, and it's ballroom dancing, the whole point is that it is sort of, there's a lead and, uh, you know, someone being led in ballroom dancing. It's not a, you know, a traditionally male and female mm. roles. So one of them inevitably is going to have to take that role. If you dress up as a man and a woman anyway, or if, does it take it away, or would it look more ridiculous if they were both wearing a dress or both wearing a suit? I don't know, because I don't watch it, and I'm not a massive fan of ballroom dancing anyway. <laughs> How did it look when they were both in suits? To be honest, I thought it was it was really good. It was a very, I, I think, that like the song that they chose was really good, and it was obviously um, designed to, to make an impact. Mm. And I think, it, and it would have been the same impact if they had a bo both worn dresses. Mm. Uh, but it's just that Nicola Adams said she wasn't going to do that. So absolutely fine. I think for, for me, if there is a, a man on this year, and it doesn't matter whether he's gay or mm. not, it, that doesn't matter, but he chooses to dance with another male partner, then I think that'll be really cool. And there've been examples in the past because the the professionals get together and do routines, you know, like show routines yeah, and yeah. stuff. The, the filler bits where the advert should be, and they've they've done it in the past where the the male dancers have danced professionally together, and it looks really cool. And it's something that I really like because I like watching men mm. dance. Uh, so I think that it's really cool. I get it. People say, oh, but, but dancing's all about a man and a woman dancing together. And of course it is traditionally, and ballroom dancing is a traditional way of dancing. Mm. We don't now learn how to ballroom dance no. unless we go out of our way to do it. But maybe sort of moving it away from the uh, heteronormative 
is the, is the word that, that we've come up with. The heteronormative, it, it's only men and women who mm. can do ballroom dancing. Maybe moving it away. I mean, if I was going to go to ballroom dancing classes, which I did at university, and right. I had a, a female partner, uh, although obviously I wasn't out then, and we had a great time and I loved dancing with her. But if I was going to go now, I would go with a bloke partner. Mm. I don't think Stuart would be very agreeable to that. I can't really see <laughs> Stuart as a, a, going to ballroom dancing. They'd be, he'd be rolling his eyes very hard, mm. I think. It's uh, This is one of those things where, and it's possibly because I don't give a toss. Uh, <laughs> it's not my thing. But it is ticking a box, but it's not ramming it down anybody's throat. It's just an element of a show that is already quite camp. Yeah. And is the natural progression, really. There is a big kickback, uh, and uh, again, particularly towards BBC stuff, where somebody, a character or uh, a contestant or a participant, has just been crowbarred in to tick a box rather than it being a natural progression. I think you're right that we, having never seen a one, but I think that it does seem likely that having done it once, the logical thing is to do it every series from now yeah. on and mix it up a little bit. The danger comes when you start straying too far down that line where every couple's got to be different from every other couple. So, yeah, you know, you might have a, right, we'll have, we'll have a, a black couple. We've never had an all-black couple. We'll have a, a gay couple and a lesbian couple. We better have a trans couple and we better have a, you know, we better have somebody with disability, somebody with who's autistic or whatever. And all of a sudden it becomes basically like Big Brother did a bit of a freak show because it, well Big Brother did it started out as a really nice social experiment uh, where you had a lot of just a group of people put together in a scenario and, and saw how it works but you start from the second series onwards they had to start right they had Brian Dowling in who everybody remembers for being outrageously camp you know the first gay contestants and all this or openly and then afterwards, it started, right, we've done that. What else can we do? What else can yeah, we do? Yeah, where else can and, we go? And it, it start, you go so far away from what it originally was that it bombs. Yeah. Because you, how far can we push it? And once you've pushed it, there's only so far you can go before you have to start dropping in gimmicks. Anyway, I didn't mean freak show to sound <laughs> offensive to, to gays and, and trans and what have you. But you know what I mean? It, it's, it stops being about let's try and include people and starts being more how far can we go with this? Who's, you know, they, they start getting somebody involved who is just completely outrageous and likely to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't know. No, I absolutely. It, and it's, it's a dancing competition. And although you, you always get your... I don't like to use the word novelty act when I'm talking about Anne Widdicombe because she's a <laughs> hateful bitch who should be dead. <laughs> but she was on it. And, you know, like there was never any chance that she was going to be any good. She's never been any good at anything apart from being a hateful bitch. But she, they got her on just so that people could laugh at her. And we did laugh at her and hope that she would die. Sadly, she's still with us. <laughs> But again, is that really the best form of it? This is why I don't watch things like The X Factor, because um, I know that, you know, you get to, well, the early shows, because I've seen, or I've certainly been in the room when, you know, my ex-partner used to, she, she would watch them religiously, and it was basically just laughing at the freaks mm, and laughing yeah. at the, the novelty acts and laughing at people that were there to be laughed at. I don't find that very kind. Um I don't find, and then you get to the end where 
inevitably, whether they were talented or not, all the pretty ones would be at the end. So inevitably, it sifts out the freaks or yeah. the, the aberrations or the ones that aren't, in air quotes, normal, and you end up inevitably anyway with the pretty ones. Or you go the other way, where people don't vote for the talented ones, they're urged to vote for the underdog. Mm. So it's not. it stops again being about talent. It's voting for, we should vote for them because, you know... Th- that's the right thing to do. It stops being about that. So if you're going to go down that route, I think what would be more progressive actually would be to have a a gay Strictly Come Dancing as a, <laughs> as a completely separate show. And you could really run with that. I mean, crikey, how, how camp could you go with that? You've talked endlessly about RuPaul's Drag Race. I've seen fragments and, and it's sort of bled into my life in, in little... <laughs> That seems like the most outrageous show in the world, but it's it's massively popular. But across the spectrum, not just with with the gay community. Yeah. So you could you could take the strictly format, make a gay version of that, and just go to town on it <laughs> if you want, if that's what you want. But I think the problems that you you have in this scenario, we are thinking a long way down the line. It's nowhere near this. It's just you've just had a same sex couple in once, <laughs> and now we've we've turned <laughs> hypothetically turned it into this horror of a. a of a mismatch show that won't appeal to anybody. But imagine, uh, you know, how positive that could be if you had a, a specifically, uh, you know, a spin-off show that was specifically for ballroom dancing's never been done this way. Let's take this as an idea and run with it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely... I, that's one of the things I like about Strictly rather than some of the others is they, there isn't that element of cruelty. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you do they do get people on who you can sort of see from the beginning aren't going to be very good. John Sargent, he was on it. Well, I know he was yeah. on it, yes. Yeah, and um, Ed Balls. Uh, I thought he was... Well, it, well, the thing is, they, they got him on sort of expecting him to be terrible. terrible. And you know, he, was, he was fairly bad, but the way that he you know, sort of presented himself and the routines they put him in, it was quite popular. So he, he got quite far in the competition. But then you don't always get the, the pretty ones who win. People vote for the ones who, who actually do well. So last year, Bill Bailey won. Really? Yeah, and they signed him up and nobody expected... You know, obviously he's a very talented musician. Mm, so very, yeah. So expects him to have rhythm. Uh, but, you, you know, you sort of look at him and you think come on but he did brilliantly and he didn't win because people thought it would be funny if mm. Bill Bailey won he won because he was really good and he he started off as not a very good dancer and in the final he was brilliant but yeah I agree we we do have to be careful but there's the argument about you're not choosing a partner to dance with who you know as a, they're not a life partner it's someone who you dance with you don't have to be romantically involved with mm. them so why can't a gay man dance with a woman and that's absolutely fine, but then why should they, you know, if they just prefer to dance with a man? So maybe just pick people not because of their sexuality or because of a disability or obviously we're kind of running out of celebrities anyway, <laughs> but sometimes you get ones who, who aren't very well known and they're the, the surprise. Mm. So maybe you get them on and ask them, do you want to dance with a man or woman professional dancer? But uh, then obviously temper that with the fact that we can't have all the women dancing with women and all the men dancing with men because then we've gone too far the opposite way. I think that's the problem. Um, It's taking something with... 
I mean, I wouldn't like to bring any other example in at this point, but it's taking something that has got a formula that works and will change it just because we can. Hmm. And all of a sudden, you've gone so far away from what it was that people are turning off in droves rather than... I mean, I, I have no problem with, with the odd experimentation here and there and just sort of pushing the envelope and, and, you know, we'll try this, we'll try that. But if you get hold of something and that's firmly established and then try and change it out of all recognition just because you can, not necessarily the best thing to do. Yeah. And we all hope that Chris Chibnall is listening to this. <laughs> After the Ollie Alexander nonsense... Anyway, yeah, I mean, it was, that, that's for another episode. That, the thing is with that, it was it was never true. It was something that somebody asked Russell T. Davis as a yeah. joke in an interview, and he said, "Oh yeah, I think Ollie would make a great doctor." And you know, maybe he would. I mean, he's he's not really been an actor at all, so we don't know if he, you know, apart from in it's a sin where he was essentially playing himself. People ran with it and then everyone was outraged. But the fact was that although we kind of knew that it definitely wasn't going to be true, we also thought, well, this is exactly the kind of thing that Chibnall would do. (laughs) So it could well be true. Fortunately, it wasn't. Although I have a feeling that an announcement is imminent. Uh, But yes, putting ridiculous Doctor Who casting aside (laughs) for just one second, it's time to decide whether or not this is an important gay issue. Obviously, if we're talking about Strictly Come Dancing in general, it's a very important gay issue, Ken. Is this a big gay thing? Well, I, I like to think so. I mean, we love it in our house. I think it's probably amongst the older generation. Mm. But then they have been getting younger contestants in to try and get the, uh, you know, get the demographic down. But but yeah, it's it's something, you know, we like to watch. It's camp, it's fun. And, you know, there's lots of feathers and glitter. Uh, so Strictly in general, I'd say four whether or not we have same-sex couples, although I, I very much would like to see it, if there aren't any, I'm not overly bothered. So that brings it down to a three. Yes, I'm uh, yet again, <laughs> I'm going to concur. It's a very middle-of-the-road three. Uh, I don't think it's desperately important that there are same-sex couples. On the other hand, it, it's doing something different with the format. I just don't... Uh, just tread carefully, boys and girls, because don't try and change a formula just because you can. Yeah, and a quick attention grab, because within a couple of years, you find that it's completely a million miles away from what it, what made it a winning formula to start with. Screening Queens, what are we watching? Well, um, I suppose going back to what we were talking about earlier on, the uh, ridiculous title of the show, where there's probably not very many old episodes of Come Dancing with Angela Rippon around. Although the Morecambe and Wise <laughs> featuring Angela Rippon. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Strictly Ballroom? Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. What's the, the basic premise of the film without giving it away? Well, it's a good job uh, that you added that because uh, I haven't you were just seen about, it for about ah. 20 years. It, 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 yeah, it's basically uh, about uh, ballroom dancing in Australia. <laughs> so another gay Australian-themed film. Yes, uh, it's Baz Luhrmann. Oh, uh, right. It, oh, the, the Moulin Rouge. Yes, it's the, the first of his tr- Red Curtain trilogy, I think it's called. Oh, you'll know more about that. Uh, which is that and Moulin Rouge and another film. Uh, 
Because Moulin Rouge, I absolutely adore. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's nothing like Moulin Rouge, uh, right. but it's very, very good. I have no idea what the third film is. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, it's... it's Stay good. tuned to Nine Bob No to find out. Yes. While we go off to search for that, we'll leave you all to it. Until then, as they say, keep, keep dancing. dancing. <laughs> I shouldn't even know that. <laughs> Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.